Wake up, John Doe, you're the hope of the world. Get me amped up. I don't know. Does that, that get you amped up? I feel I'm gonna be like feeling weird about how that sounded later. Yeah, the oh, buzzing's oh. back. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like we should just start over because I'm not loving this. Okay. Do you wanna do that? Um, why don't we just start the show outright? Started outright? Yeah. I felt yeah, because I felt we started out wrong at first. Okay. All right. Uh, hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Actual Comedy Presents an Actual Podcast. I'm Angel Ace. And I'm Aaron. And uh, we have a wonderful show planned for you today. Uh, lots of things happening in the news. Oh, hell yeah. Um, big week, though. Uh, holiday week. 
Yeah, it was uh, Thanksgiving this thanks past week. Give me. Yes, giving thanks. Yeah. Um, is that like a big holiday? You think? Um, How many I people it, you think would take like Thanksgiving as their fave of all the holidays that they celebrate? Um, I'll say a good like between twenty and thirty percent. Whoa. Yeah. That's a large percentage. Yeah, because you got to figure you're taking if you're taking it out of the whole population, a lot take of it out people, of the whole. A lot of people don't celebrate christmas if they're of other religions mm. so like uh thanksgiving's not really like a religious holiday okay so i feel like more people can imbibe on it you can get drunk off of thanksgiving isn't imbibe just to mean partake is that what it means i thought it means to drink uh effusely mm. shit i should probably look up the definition of imbibe because i'm not sure i know it yeah But anyway, like more people are of other, you know, religious backgrounds who don't celebrate Christmas and all the other ones. Yeah. I think. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. It seems like the most basic holiday, right? It's what is it to look forward to besides like the meal? Yeah. People like uh, hanging out with uh, their family members. But you could do that like all year round. Well, I think it's, like, one of those things that, like, colleges and schools, they give everybody a couple of days off. Work mm-hmm. usually gives you, like, a day off. So it's, like, a time that everybody has, like, the day available, usually. Yeah, which, and it's usually, like, a cold day, so you can't really be out Yeah. most of the time. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of something to, like, break up the uh, fucking monotony of life in winter. You know what I mean? Hmm. Especially after the uh, daylight savings change. Right. You need something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And Christmas is, like, two months away. So, like, I feel like they just put Thanksgiving in there as, like, a little, you know, peek beneath the scenes for things for, for Christmas. A peek beneath the scenes? Peek behind the scenes. I'm sorry. What is... What are you trying to say there? There's, like, a... They're connected? Well, obviously. Oh. Well, you did some research on Thanksgiving, right? You got I the, did uh, because I was, like, wondering, well, to, to go back to our first season, as we were, like, passing holidays, each one of them, we kind of looked at, like, what their roots up were. Like, why are we celebrating this? Why is this thing? Yeah. So, um, a lot of them went back to having, like, pagan roots. So, I said, hey, why don't I look up what are, like, the pagan roots of Thanksgiving? The history of Thanksgiving, etc. Right. So, yeah, I did some research. Um, so, in America, it's widely believed that the first Thanksgiving was, uh, well, took place in 1621. Um, the Pilgrims, but, right? Yeah, that was like the story of Plymouth Rock with the Pilgrims. Yeah. Which apparently is like a whole different story, which I didn't write that part of it down. Um, but it was like whoever was like the captain of the pilgrims like they murdered a bunch of indians and then they were giving thanks for like their defeat in that war oh okay i feel like the the pilgrim story was stolen from that florida story or what we were talking about okay yeah yeah so the actual first thanksgiving that was celebrated in america Mm -hmm. was on september 8th of 1565 in augustine florida and um, it was celebrated with 
a, I guess an explorer who arrived in the United States, um, whose name was Pedro Menendez Diaviles. Mm-hmm. Diavales. I don't know how you say it, pronounce that. Yeah. Either way. Spanish explorer. It was like a, a religious. A conquistador. Was it like a religious? Uh, it was like mostly made of like priests or some shit like that, they said. What? Oh, I don't know about that. I didn't like even get that deep into it. Oh. No. Well, he gets to the new world and he wants to celebrate. And once he gets there, like the uh, native... Um, Siloy tribe was there mm-hmm. and he invites them to participate in the celebration. And guess what? We're gonna screw you over. You think he told them that at any No, point? he didn't tell them that yet. Oh, okay. No. No, but what I think happened is like that story got kind of like uh superimposed over the story at Plymouth Rock. Okay. To make it seem like, you know, things were all cool between the the, the pilgrims and Indians. Yeah. Um because the story of Plymouth Rock is pretty horrifying. Like, 700 people die, lots of women and children. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's the history of American Thanksgiving. Kind of a boring story. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like, meh. But we fucking... By today's standards. Did you guys do that as a play when you were a kid? Like, did you do, like, the Pilgrims and Indians play? No, I went to school in Camden, so most of our plays were uh, related uh, or, like, created around Black History Month. Oh, yeah, so I don't, there was no Thanksgiving in Black History Month. When is Black History Month? Feb- February. February? Yeah. It's also my birthday month. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you feel, like, slighted by that? No, no, no. I got to learn a lot about uh, Frederick Douglass and uh, Eli Whitney, uh, Guy Buford. Who else? Keep it going. You got uh, Benjamin Banneker. Somebody Thorogood? Uh, Thorogood Marshall? Thorogood Marshall. Yeah, yeah. I played him in a play one time. You did? Yeah, yeah, I did. What was your lines? Uh, I don't remember. It's something about the law, though. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they just taught you about all the Uncle Toms in history. <laughs> Uh, some of them were Uncle Tom's, like fucking George Washington Carver, I think. Uh, No, I thought he just made the peanut. He didn't, he created the peanut? Well, no, he discovered it. Yeah. But he didn't create it. Nature created it. (laughs) Well, he could have, like, crossbred some plants. Oh, maybe he did that. Yeah, I don't know. He did a lot with peanuts, though. Yeah. Think about all the deaths he's responsible for now. It's not his fault. He made some delicious. Listen, I'll put a peanut butter up there as one of the greatest inventions of all time. I agree with you, but, like, now it's banned in, like, most schools. Yeah, uh, Like, yeah. weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather go to a school where guns were allowed than uh, peanut butter being banned. Mm. I might agree with you there. Yeah. Because you could use peanut butter as, like, self-defense on top of eating it. Yeah, it's it's multifaceted. You can clog up a that, gun with peanut butter. Yeah, but they could slip on it. Uh, you could pretend like it's poop and throw it at them and gross them out. And they'll be like, ew. Yeah. And when they're doing that, you grab the gun and you go, I'm the captain now. I, I was just thinking you dunk the gun in peanut butter and then it's like rendered useless. Uh, I was thinking you just, you, you take over and then you become the school shooter. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's yeah, that's that a little darker, but. Isn't that what the cops do? Oh, that is true. That is what they do. <laughs> I mean, ideally it's not, but I feel like 
maybe cops join because they think, oh, man, I'll get to go do shooting somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. it'll be, like, cool with everybody. They want to be, like, a... What was a cool cop movie? Uh, Magnum P.I.? Mm, no, he, he was a P.I. He's like a detective, yeah. Uh, that's not even a movie, is it? Magnum P.I.? Yeah. No, it's a show. Well, a cop movie. Uh, let's see. We have, uh, what's the one with Jackie Chan and uh, Chris Tucker? Oh, uh, the Jackie Chan Adventures? Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that yeah. That was a good cop movie, but I don't know how, like, true to, like, the police academy that is. Police Academy. That was a comedy, though. Well, you know. I mean, I don't think people joined Police Academy and then thought that it was going to be all prostitutes underneath podiums. You know what I mean? Seriously? I thought that's all policing was. Well, maybe in the 80s. (laughs) Or as they call them, the good old days. Now it's heroines and hoes. Ugh. This sounds like a stomachache. But back to Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah. So we did the play of of uh, like the Indians and the uh, pilgrims. So like half the class would have to dress up as pilgrims. Like in uh, Adam's family. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Half the class would dress up as pilgrims, and the other half would dress up as Indians. And Which there was one were some you? like, I think I was bo- like, I think I played both parts. Which one did you want to be? I would have preferred to have been the native person. I think. Okay. Cause their 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 getups were cooler. The fuck, the pilgrims had these like paper hats and like weird like apron shits they had to wear. The Native Americans didn't have paper stuff in the play. Well, I mean in the play, yeah, but I'm talking about like in life. Like the pilgrims had like these weird like paper hats that the women wore. Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe were they were those? like cardboard. I don't know. What were the men's hats made out of back in the 16th? They were like uh. Oh, like felt, I think. Or, and I mean, they were big in the fur trade too, so they could be oh, different kinds of yeah. fur hats. But they had those ones with the buckles on the front of them. That was very pilgrim, like uh, yeah. chic, pilgrim court. That is. Uh, fucking, what's that guy on the Quaker box? Yeah. The Quakers. Uh, what's his name? Ben- is that, I always said that was Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Banneker. <laughs> no, but I just remember we did that as a play, and then like all of a sudden they were like, who uh, was the play the same every year? I think so. Yeah, I mean, we did it. I we did it in grade school, so I don't like. They never like switched it up and had the other side win. No, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> I'm calling an audible. <laughs> We're gonna make this the greatest Thanksgiving play of all time. I think they even like had Pocahontas in the story somehow. I don't oh, know. God. I think they had like members of like every tribe that like ever existed like in the Thanksgiving story. Yeah, they thought they were it only like three. Yeah, before. yeah. <laughs> They're uh yeah. The Nina tribe, the Pinta tribe, and the Santa Maria tribe. Who was no, who was the guy that was like supposedly the one that like brokered this like peace dinner? Between who Between the pilgrims and the Indians. Uh, there was a guy? There was, like, a chief, yeah. Oh, uh... Chief, uh... Chief Nakahoma? Yeah, it was, like, a big, like, a popular name. I don't I wonder if he even existed, you know? Probably not. <laughs> but, so, Americans weren't the first people to celebrate the fall harvest, though. And that's really what this is about. Um, so, we learned so far from your research that, uh, the accepted widespread... Uh, theory is that the first Thanksgiving was celebrated in the 1600s by the pilgrims and the whatever Native Americans were near, like Plymouth Rock. Yeah. Uh, but there's people out there with uh, 
older documents? Older documents that prove that there was a similar type of celebration that happened on American land, but I guess because it wasn't between the English settlers, it was oh, the Spanish settlers. Yeah, it was the Spanish settlers. So I guess they didn't accept that as part of like American history. I think you're right. I think you're exactly right about that. Yeah. Yeah, I w- so I guess they just like co-opted the story for like the uh, you know, the colonies. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, cuz that's the only one. There's no like Thanksgiving like story between pilgrims and Native Americans that have to do with like Christmas or Easter or anything. Yeah, no. That's the no, only one. No, I think that was the way yeah, to make it a story about something we could celebrate like a time that we yeah, came yeah. together as a people and like sat down and broke bread. So, I guess what? We're going to screw you over. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's you know what's weird? It's like um, looking back on that stuff now, you know? It's like, damn, these Indians had no idea what was about to happen to them. Yeah. And we didn't know the context back in grade school, you know? We just thought that, like, after dinner, everybody parted ways and things were cool. Yeah, where do they think they went? Like, back amongst the trees? Yeah, like, <laughs> they just they went back to their teepees or wherever. They, they retreated back into the shadows where all the demons <laughs> go. <laughs> and everybody just went amongst, oh, you know, about their life. And, yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, we got that part. So now this next part, you were talking about the... So uh, I was looking at Thanksgiving over the years in different cultures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... It's basically the harvest festival okay. that I was talking about with different um, of uh, different ones, different of the mystery schools and mystery of religions that we went over last season. Uh-huh. I described like different harvest festivals that they had where they would like bring fruit or sacrifices, animals and stuff like that. Yeah, it seems like most of these cultures that have some type of uh, agricultural period like sewn into their development go through. A period where they like uh, venerate these types of holidays, right? Right, exactly. Like, you 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 get like a good harvest one year, so you go like, man, we need to uh, find a way to elongate that. I guess you know exactly. So they're like, the more that we like praise and give thanks for this, it yeah, will happen or, or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. Like, I guess sometimes it's like a sacrifice or something, but. Well, so um, in ancient Rome, they had wicker the- man. Exactly. Well, I well, I think Wicker Man is like uh, May, May, right? Uh, all along the Maypole or some shit like that. Yeah, I feel like that's when they do that. That's like the beginning of the harvest. We gotta watch that movie. I think you'd like it. The, I feel like we watched the it. The OG one. Okay. Not the Nicolas Cage one. Yeah, I do want to watch that because yeah. I think that I mean I feel like that's what goes back to the straw man theory that we've talked about before, uh, like yeah. in like a fucking symbolic way. Yeah. You know, but anyway, getting back to these ancient cultures, uh, ancient Rome c- celebrated um, Cerulea, which honored the goddess Ceres, who we talked about on many different episodes. Go back and listen. Um, but she was one of the goddesses of the grain and the harvest. Um, and there's over 100 different um, gods and goddesses from Greek and Roman culture mm-hmm. that um, have festivals like this okay. during you know, that time of year. Yeah. So there was them in Britain, um, before like current times, they did something called harvest, harvest home. Um, and it was celebrated when all of the autumn crops were harvested. Mm -hmm. The final cartload of food would be paraded through the town and a big harvest supper was celebrated among the villages. Um, 
eventually got out of hand and um, it was described as unrestrained riot, unrestrained riot and excess. So they, uh, I think they stopped that. Okay, so they were parading around this harvest and taking it through the poor neighborhoods through, and the people that probably didn't get a piece of that were probably upset that these people were like, look at all this food we got. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's probably exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, um, so they stopped doing that, but, and that, but that wasn't a religious thing or like a, you know, earth religion thing. It was just a day to celebrate the last day of harvest. Okay, yeah. But they also had a days of Thanksgiving, which was a, cele- a separate religious celebration that was a holiday that was pra- practiced by the Church of England where each person would pick a day, mm-hmm. like, out of, I don't know, out of, like, dur- during that time period, like, during the harvest period. Okay. To, like, give thanks or praise uh, to God. Okay. So, um, yeah, those are two of the ancient ones that I saw. Um, then I came across what the symbols are uh, of Thanksgiving. Yeah. Number one is the cornucopia. Uh, the cornucopia is a horn-shaped basket filled with harvest fruits and vegetables. Um, and the symbol goes back to a story from ancient Greece where a goat pulled off his horn and offered it to God Zeus. Um, it was a magic horn that would refill indefinitely with food and drink, ensuring Zeus would never go hungry. To give thanks to the goat... Zeus made the goat's image in the night sky, which became the constellation Capricorn. Oh. Yeah. So the cornucopia was also incorporated in status and money um, across ancient Rome. It was often used in representations of the goddess of grains, uh, Ceres, and the goddess of luck, Fortuna. Uh, The cornucopia has even made an appearance in American currency. Which one? Uh, I didn't. I don't know. But I guess like a coin, a coin, they put uh, the cornucopia on. I feel like I remember seeing it on something. Isn't yeah, it the it's fruit, probably, fruit of the Loom? Yeah, yeah, it is on the Fruit of the Loom. And isn't it the Produce Junction, uh, like icon or whatever? Maybe. I feel like there's a. One do, of them has do that. Do grapes go in a, a cornucopia? Wait, what do you usually put? It's like squash. I think it's any seasonal fruits and vegetables, and you just use the the like, the the horn basket. To carry them or to present them like in a feast. Damn, fall really is the time for the worst harvest, right? It's all the like fruits and vegetables that like aren't uh, tasty. Yeah, you it's just like need the last them to ones. survive. Yeah, like pumpkins. Pumpkins are pretty good though. I don't mind pumpkins. But Pomegranates like, are 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 mined in the fall. Yeah. Um. What else? What else do you get in the fall? Corn, fucking Apples. squash. Peppers, probably. And uh, speaking of corn. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, I nothing's going to top a fucking fresh peach. You yeah, know what I mean? True. That's true. Like a nice, like, apple from a place that doesn't use pesticides. Yeah, but when have you ever had that? Uh, I feel like in a dream once. I feel like in the memories of my childhood, I may have tasted something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which does sound amazing. But speaking of corn... Corn is the second symbol of Thanksgiving. Oh. Which is weird, though, because, like, do you, like, I feel like corn isn't, uh, other than the corn bread, do you notice, like, a corn as being, like, a staple of your Thanksgiving meal? Um, I heard a co-worker the other day discuss, when they were trying to discuss, like, the necessary, uh, like, sides for Thanksgiving. Like, turkey, obviously, but, like, what is the most necessary thing after turkey? 
And one guy said court, and I thought it was a dumb decision at first, and the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's, like, one time a year where you're, like, expecting some type of corn, yeah. I feel like, yeah, so my mom makes, like, this corny cornbread that's got, like, corn in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's kind of more like a, what you you call it? I'm going to give her a tip to elevate this. Yeah. You know how you get, like, fortune cookies? Yeah. She puts, like, terrible jokes in there. Oh. <laughs> Corny cornbread. Oh, my God. You have to tell her that. <laughs> She's never going to listen to this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, corn is a, 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 a second important symbol of the, like, harvest festivals or Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, corn is a respected deity among some tribes. Like ancient tribes and you know. There's a corn god. Yeah, there's a like a, it's actually a, a deity, and it also played a mythological role, so like an anthropomorphic role. Mm. Um, sacred. I mean, and ears of corn are another sign of like wealth. You know what I mean? Sometimes you see grains, but like corn is kind of the same shape. They put those like weird multicolored ears of corn inside of cornucopias. Yeah, I don't think those are edible though. What are they growing for? Just for the look? Yeah, like, I think they grow them, for, they're for, uh, what you is it called? That's so stupid. Ornamental corn? You can't eat it. Cornamental corn? <laughs> um, sacred corn pollen or cornmeal was used as a ritual adornment and spirit offering. Mm. So I guess people would, like, wear it. Okay. Like, grind up the corn and, like, wear it as, like, paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so. yellow, I guess? Yeah. I don't know even how yellow it would be, though, because, like, corn's not really, like, really that yellow. Yeah. You know? It's, like, more of, like, a like an off-white. <laughs> I read uh, I read one of these, like, zombie apocalyptic books one time. Yeah. Uh, and the people in there, when they ran out of cigarettes, they would take the, like, uh, piece of the stalk of corn and use that to roll tobacco. Oh, like the husk? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that what they use to make uh, pateles? Mm. They don't they use corn? Oh no no no! It's banana leaves. I'm sorry. I was thinking they were using. No, corn. they they cook them in banana leaves. Okay. But they it's like smashed like uh, green bananas. I know, but for some reason I was thinking, isn't there? There's a different meal that's similar to that that uses corn husks like that, like to. Oh, it's like tamales I mean? or some shit like that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So corn is uh is like a seen as a deity among some of these old cultures. So uh, that's why that's weird. Yeah. And then Turkey is the last one. Um, Do they look at that as a deity in some cultures? Yeah. Well, so really? the Native Americans look at any kind of like encounter with an animal as medicine. Uh, so they'll say like I turkey medicine, like bear medicine, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, Native Americans or First Nation tribes view turkey as a symbol of fertility and abundance. Um and it sometimes in in the meal or the harvest meal, the t- turkey symbolized um, a sacrificial guest of honor, which I thought was a little strange. Wait, um, what were we watching when they were talking about um, how uh, the Hebrews have to sacrifice a, a lamb every year? Oh, it was that TCT uh, thing oh, with the, okay, the yeah, Lion yeah. of Judah. That keeps I, those things that they talk about there keep like crossing into the fictional things we watch. I know, <laughs> I know. This that's like what my childhood was like, though. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking weird, and it's like, wait a minute, you guys are doing blood ritual sacrifices, <laughs> but like you're you're telling people that they're witches when they do it, yeah. like. It's weird to me. Um, so the turkey was looked at as a, a sacrificial guest of honor. 
Um, and prize is an integral part of the um, the smudging ceremonies that they would do. They use the the feather to kind of like move the smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they have to use it for that. Um, they say the turkey medicine, like having an encounter with the turkey, is the strongest in the fall. Hmm. And a visit from the turkey means to be mindful of the blessings bestowed upon us. Oh, okay. So that's what the symbolism of turkey is uh, in Native American culture anyway, because I'm not sure that the other um, cultures around the world that celebrated like these harvest festivals, they probably mm. didn't have turkey as like their, you know, protein of choice or whatever. Yeah, what, like, what do you think the ones in like uh, Ireland, like I guess like sheep? Or Ram, like whatever. Ram's head. Ram, ham. Uh, but uh, like Iceland. Or, like, those Nordic countries. I, guess I don't they know if like they do Thanksgiving. Wolves. Yeah, but they have their own version of, like, a, a harvest festival. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, fish, probably, right? Fe- well, they have, like, pheasants and stuff, don't they? I feel like they have, like, another kind of game bird. Maybe. Like, what are those um, other Cornish hens? The Cornish game hens or Can whatever? Can you eat those whole? Yeah, yeah. They, like, just, like, dip those in, like, a fry, a fry batter thing, right? And then they, you just eat them, like, the way they are? Well, no, I mean, you gotta eat them like you would a piece of chicken. Well, they, yeah, obviously, but, like, they, like, take out the, the insides and shit, but it's, like, a whole thing, right? Like, that's a serving, right? Yeah, like, one one game hen. One game hen is a feathering, a serving. Yeah, it's enough for, like, one person, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember, um, one of the patients I used to have, like, the mom was making Cornish game hen for, like, a Thanksgiving meal, Mm. and she was, like, dancing it around. Um, and they're very small. They look like tiny, ch- tiny chickens. She was dancing it around? Yeah, it was like, it was kind of funny at the time. Like, she was just preparing them, and then she just was, like, making it move. You know, like, as if uh, the she, turkey was dancing. Did she know you guys were watching? Or was it the thing she was doing just for No, she, like, she knew that her grandson that I was there, like, as his nurse was watching. And yeah, she yeah. was like, hey, look at this. And it was, like, supposed to be funny. Oh, did he laugh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was funny. That's cool. Yeah. One time, my dad bought crabs and put one on the ground, and I, and I ran away. <laughs> did you? Did he end up cooking it? Yeah, he cooked all of them. Oh, okay. Well, these were already dead when she. She. He wasn't. It wasn't like she was like playing with the live game hen and then killed it in front of her. Yeah. You know? Oh, okay. This was already like skinned and stuff. What if that was part of the early Thanksgiving tradition? I'm like, sure it was. Like playing like a, a game with your game. I think it was because that's why we do football and that's, you know, it's so fucking funny. There was one section of this article I was reading, um, about different Thanksgiving traditions that I skipped and that was sports, Uh which I think is like a representation of going out to get the game. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Well, I wasn't, didn't they play like a lot of like lacrosse or some shit like no, that? No, fo- like football. It's like Thanksgiving's like a big game for football, especially local football. Like usually like uh, high schools will have like a Yeah, but they didn't have football back in the pilgrim times. I'm right. talking about like back then they played like lacrosse and shit, right? Because that's oh, a Native American sport. Croquet or something. Croquet? I don't know. No, I, th- I mean back then maybe they actually had to go out and get the game. And now it's like you're not going to get the game, so you're gonna, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, it's weird to me that they call it a sacrifice. You know, I'm like, is this really just one big like like ritualistic sacrifice that they're just calling Thanksgiving? Yeah. And they just like some weird god needs turkey blood. 
once a year. Specifically turkey blood? Or something similar. I guess, like, the turkey's probably the most, uh... I'll tell you what I found out. It's... And I don't know why it took me this long to figure this out, but if the meal doesn't have anything cranberry-related, I feel like it's not Thanksgiving-y. I completely agree with you. What I is hundred percent. I, I don't know because well like like I said turkey has like a gamey taste to it to me mm. like it has like an extra little like stays in your mouth like more than chicken do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean yeah yeah and you don't get that if you eat it with cranberries okay so the cranberry acid probably like yeah it kind of like does something to break down that fucking... like weird taste which is probably just like the like the 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 fat between the tendons that you're tasting uh, or something turkey's the worst meat. I know, and I have had periods in my life where I would, like, only want turkey. Really? Yeah. But, like, you were telling me about that turkey place, what was it called? Oh, my God, Turkey Bassets. Turkey Bassets? Or Bassett, I think it was Bassett's Original Turkey. Bassett's Original Turkey, which yeah. we found out is a store in the Reading Terminal yeah, Market. Yeah, it still in exists in the Reading Terminal Market, which I need to, like, go see if they have, like, the same kind of sandwiches. Because when I used to work at the Granite Run Mall in, like, the early 2000s um there was one of them like right outside of the sears that i worked at yeah and uh they had like the best turkey sandwich i've ever had in my life like but they would cut it right off the bird what was what was on the turkey sandwich it was just turkey white bread like fresh baked white bread so they would be cutting the bread fresh like and be baking it through the day okay and then it was like lettuce tomato mayo okay and turkey that's it. That's it. Wow. It was like unbelievable. Though, so the mayo was the like sauce or whatever they put on there? Yeah, just like a little bit. It wasn't like a crazy amount Did of mayo. Did they put it on the bread or on the turkey? I think they put it on the bread. Okay. Yeah. No cheese? You could get cheese. I don't know if I always did because it, like, didn't need it. It was so good. How was the turkey cut? Was it, like, uh, lunch meat or was it, like, carved? It was carved. They were carving it at, like, well, if you ordered, okay, I want white meat on this. Because you could get white meat or dark meat, you know, because it would be, like, a Thanksgiving bird behind the counter. Mm. And they're carving it up to order. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cut, like, like carved. I'm so excited about turkey bass. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you can't get it no more. No, I know. Reading terminal. And market. the best thing was like their bread was so good. Like you know, like you get you ever get like that fresh break baked white bread that's like really kind of like hard on the outside, but the inside's like really soft and like chewy. I don't know if I've had loaf like loaf bread like that. I've had like fucking like hoagie bread like that's, that. That's but that's what this bread tasted like. It tasted like if you were to take a hoagie roll and make white bread with it. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fucking amazing. You didn't cut the uh, crust off? No. No. Could you order that from them? If you um, wanted the crust cut off? I feel like it would have made the sandwich really hard to deal with because like the it was very like Oh, the crust kept everything in place. Yeah, I feel like you needed that crust. Okay. You know? All right. Stop offshore drilling, everyone. <laughs> um, what else about Thanksgiving? Um, so uh, around the world, um, there's other celebrations. People around the world. Um, ancient Gaelic Celts celebrated a Gaelic Thanksgiving called um, Lugans. Lugaric's disease. L-U-G-H-N-A-S-A-D-H. Lugnadsad. Lugnasad? Lugnasad. Okay. Anyway, it means the assembly of Louvre, Lug, whatever. 
Um, but that was the first Harvest Festival. Lugies? L-U-G-H. How would you pronounce that in Celtic? L-U-G-H? Lug. Um, that's the first harvest festival, so I think that's the beginning of like harvest season. Yeah. And then after that, they they have the uh, Samhain. Sam, Sam, people say Samhain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Samhain. The Halloween, right? Yeah, that's well. It's actually November first, I believe. Okay. So it's called Summer's End or Last Harvest, um, and it was completed. And can, I'm sorry. It happened when all the last harvests were completed and the feasts, and they had feasts. Jesus. Um, they believed that the dead and fairies could visit the earth plane during that time. So I think that's why uh, it kind of gets conflated with uh, Halloween and like the Day of the Dead. Because they had the kind kind of same belief set that like the veil was thin at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but that just goes back to the harvesting, right? Because yeah. that's just when the the plants were dying. Maybe yeah. like it was getting colder, and like the people that were weak that could survive the summertime couldn't survive that first like frost, so they died before. Yeah. So they were. Yeah. Sa- yeah so like, after that day, they considered it um, to be unlucky to eat anything or use anything left in the fields. So, like, after that last harvest, like, it was, that stuff was left for, like, the fairy folk. Okay. And there was something behind that because you have to, like, switch, uh, like, plots of land that you use, right? Yeah. Because it'll get, like, sour if you use it the same, like, two years in a row. I don't know if it's two years in a row, but it's definitely you have to rotate. You have to rotate it. Yeah. 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 There's too much, like, nitrates in the soil or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So... That was, like, their tradition, but they kind of... It, it wasn't just Thanksgiving. It was, like, the, the thing that they had in the beginning of the harvest, which mm. essentially is Easter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then it's, at the well, end... Easter's, like, the beginning, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the Easter's the beginning, the, and then like Thanksgiving the spring harvest. The exactly. And then, okay, yeah. Yeah. And then they have one midway, which is, like, the summer, and then the other way midway would be the winter one. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's literally just like like season cha- celebrations of changing of the seasons and shit that we have co-opted into fucking the wildest shit. You think there's any cultures out there that haven't developed some type of like holiday around harvest seasons or um, planting seasons? Unless they were like a um, what were the no, culture nomadic, nomadic like yeah. a nomadic culture that doesn't rely on like. But even then, like, you would think that, like, a specific time of year, they would uh, experience a bounty of, like, or, like, an influx of more uh, material than they get the rest of the year. Like, they're nomads, so they're constantly traveling, but maybe, like, one time a year, there's, like, more water in, like, a certain area, which brings more animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, And I think that's, like, I mean, it's the same thing, like, with a bear, right? Like, how bears will come and eat, like, all that salmon at the end of their life cycle yeah. so that they can go not eat for a couple of months. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's... Um, <laughs> do you, you see where I was going with that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about a bear uh, saying, if you suck them, they will come. <laughs> I don't know why a bear would say it, but it, that'd be a great Field the Dreams uh, sequel. Yeah. <laughs> You think that's what the teddy bear's picnic is? I don't want to get into that, because that's going to take too long. We found out too much information about that song. TMI, baby. Yeah. How does it go again? 
If you go out in the woods today, you better go run and hide. Wait, you think that's related to the Thanksgiving story? I don't know. It's British, right? The origins of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. They said it was like something about like kids returning to the or adults returning to the woods with their teddy bears. But come on. Oh uh, yeah. That's some fucking eyes wide shit. So. Uh, yeah, I don't like that shit. I was like that. I don't know. So yeah, uh, that was. So the last one I got was Slavic Thanksgiving. Okay. Which is called Dozen Dozenki. Okay. D o z y n k i. Dostoevsky. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was also celebrated around autumn equinox, which would have been like more like Halloween. Okay. So. What did they do in that one? Or did you? It was the same festival as the Celtic festival. Okay. Pretty much, but they just called it Dozinski. Yeah, Slavic. I don't Kaczynski. know what they would like grow there, like beets maybe, around that time. Yeah. The different like root vegetables. Maybe that's the time when like the like the bears and the the moose are like going into hibernation or whatever. Yeah, I think it is. Makes it easier when, to where catch. Where is Slo- where is Slavic country? It's like east of like Russia, like. Uh, Poland, all those fucking. That's weird. a Slavic country. Yeah, is like, Germany a Slavic country? Uh, no, I think that counts as Germanic. And then there's specific, like, Germanic countries. It's a whole fucking thing over there. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving, though. Not uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Yeah, but I feel like we're the only ones that have Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving on, like, the, the last Thursday in November. However, is it the second to last Thursday in November or the I last? I think it's the second to last. Yeah. Yeah. We've made it just into our system of, like, holidays that we can build in, like, a shopping day afterwards and stuff. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, it being on a certain day. Yeah, true. Yeah, that shit is wild. Um, (laughs) You know what was interesting to me, though, about that guy that was talking about finding those documents was uh, he was talking about getting uh, how he got death threats from people. How they were, like, calling him the Grinch of Thanksgiving because he wants to change the story, the official story of Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. even see that part. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but, like, it makes you think, like, are there people out there that are, like, you better not fuck it and tell the truth about this or we're going to come get you? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think that's what um, has happened in, like, every major investigation. Yeah. I mean, like, Jeffrey Epstein. It's always strange when they, like, try to go back and change what's accepted history, though. Uh, Yeah. And I guess that uh, leads us into our next segment. Um, Let's play this uh, intro here. Oh, yeah. What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on up there? What is a going on? That's right. It's uh, What's a Going On, uh, the actual comedy segment where we discuss uh, the current uh, landscape of the world, right? We go through current events. Current events, things yeah. that stuck out to us of uh, shit that we, people were doing. Yeah. Um, so let's start with this first story about uh, a museum that wanted to uh, change the gender of a emperor? Was that yeah. right? And it's funny because I stumbled upon this story, like, by accident. Mm-hmm. I went to Google something else. And, like, you know when you go to type something into Google, it'll come up with, like, a list of, like, the trending shit? Yeah, yeah. And one of them said Roma- Roman Emperor Elagabulus. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. So I clicked on it, and I'm like, oh, shit. 
So, um... That was the name of the emperor. Elagabalus? Well, Elagabalus. Uh-huh. Or Elagabalus. E-L-A-G-A-B-A-L-U-S. Mm-hmm. Uh, also known as Heliogabalus. Um, that name is like a, I don't know, Latinized or whatever version of whatever his real name was. Okay. Um, so just let me read you a little excerpt from the, uh, article that I read first, because I thought it was hilarious. Mm. Um... And then we'll talk a little bit more about them. So according to this one article, there are legendary dinner parties, and then there are stories about those thrown by the Roman emperor Elagabalus, the teenage ruler who managed just four years as emperor before being assassinated in eight, at 18 in AD 18, I'm sorry, in AD 222. He would serve bizarre dishes like camel heels or fl- flamingo brains to his Ugh. dinner guests. Stage-themed nights when... I'm sorry. I'm like, I can't read my handwriting now. Stage-themed nights when all the food was blue or green. Or release lions or bears to roam around the diners. We're gonna go out <laughs> drinking, partying! Um, on one famous occasion, according to a Roman historian... Those present at a dinner were suffocated to death under an enormous quantity of rose petals. Oh, man. Another saw guests seated on a slowly deflating whoopee cushion, their first recorded use in Western history. Wait, so they're saying that because this person pulled off some pretty cool pranks at the time, that it must have been a chick? Let me finish. Okay. But did he really do all these things, or did she? That was the that was the quote. <laughs> so anyway, this museum called North Hertfordshire Museum in Hitchin. Mm. I guess that's in England. Okay. It didn't say like it just said Hitchin. Like I was supposed to know where the fuck that was. Yeah, yeah. But um, has changed the pronouns it uses with reference to a coin of Elagabalus in its collection, and now refer to the emperor as a trans woman using she or her. Elagabalus was said to have openly flouted contemporary gender roles, and the emperor is said to have also dressed as a female sex worker, married a male slave, and acted as his wife, and asked to be referred to as lady rather than lord. Um, I'm thirsty, homo boy. <laughs> Give me a drink. Uh, that, that's what they're saying he was like. Um, even according to one account, begged to have a surgical vagina made by a physician. Phys- physician for themselves or for like himself, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, all the stories led uh, Keith Hoskins, an executive member for arts at North Hart North Hertz Council, mm. to say in a statement, "Elagabalus is most definitely preferred." Th- I'm sorry, Elagabalus most definitely preferred the she pronoun, and as such, this is something we reflect in contemporary times. It is only polite and ref- and reflect and respectful. So this guy said he obviously was a she, a mm-hmm. trans woman, and we should uh, like we should respect that. So you got STDs? No, hell not me. I'm gonna give them that. They're, they're, they, have, they have STDs, remember? Um. So, uh, it's also widely agreed, um, that the stories that were written about this guy were like basically hit pieces mm-hmm. by his successor. 
So, okay. like, it might not necessarily be true. Yeah, yeah. Like, apparently, like, there were other um, emperors that were described the same way. Um, Caligula and Nero. Okay. And they had, like, me, I guess basically told similar stories about them to kind of discredit them, mm. like, by whoever was their successor. Yeah. Um, I heard about those uh, Caligula parties before. Oh, yeah. yeah me too. Going. <laughs> Plenty of fucking going on tonight. Okay. <laughs> so, the person that was, like, writing the article basically was saying, um, it's kind of hard to, like, go back and, like, make those changes now mm. just like you were saying like to go back and change what the history of this thing is yeah because we don't have the full story and just to believe like things about this person based on things that were written them written about them by people who didn't like them or had reason to make them look bad and instead of um Looking at it like in that in that light, they wanted to use it as like a que- a queer icon, and okay. that's like that's like the issue. Oh, okay. Because um, I don't know. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're putting down. So like, basically, this guy, Elagabalus, he was from a prominent family that was from um, Syria, mm-hmm. and. In uh, Rome, there was an emperor in pl- in place that was like widely unliked. So his gr- so Elagabalus's grandmother like staged a coup and had the ruler murdered so Elagabalus could be the new the new emperor. Okay. So that's how he got the position. So calling him a woman might be like uh, retrograde revenge somehow. Or the kid was 14 fucking years old and he was just like fucking Bart Simpson it through a fucking, you know. Yeah, his balls didn't drop yet. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. But um, so they're also saying like it's um, it's just it's like it's not a great idea to make somebody um, a queer icon based on stories that were meant to assassinate this person's character. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you got to prove that one is real before you go with the other thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, racial prejudice was also played the narrative um, because before coming to rule, uh, rule Rome, the Elagabalus was a priest in an ob- obscure cult in Syria that venerated a black stone meteorite. Hmm. A culture that would have been deeply strange to the Romans. The stereotype that Romans had of Syrians is that they were very effeminate and not real men, oh, like the Romans were. Gotcha. Um, apparently, in Roman culture, it was okay to like have sex with a man as long as you weren't the one receiving. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, they were saying that he was like a receiver. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> um, so I wanted to look back at like what is this cult that he was head, the head of. Mm. So um, the Elagabalus's family held hereditary rights to the priesthood of the sun god Elagabal. Elagabal, however the fuck you say it. The deity's Latin name Elagabalus is a Latinized version of Arabic La Al Jabal, which meant God of the Mountain. The Emesene, which is where they were from in Syria, the Emesene manifestation of Baal, who was also the Greek equivalent of Zeus. So this is the the god that he brought 
to to serve, mm-hmm. which was just it was strange to me because I was thinking about how the that ram offered his horn to Zeus, who's also the same as Baal. Yeah, yeah. So. Cornucopia. Cornucopia. Right. Yeah. So um. Yeah, that's really pretty much all I have about Elagabulus. But now um. There's a lot of people that don't agree with them changing the the pronouns yeah. because there wasn't like firm like proof that this is what the person wanted because their mm. you know their coin that 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 the place has and like the images and shit that they were uh like I don't know whatever was left of what he looked like had yeah. facial hair like manly features and all that stuff yeah so, that stuff could have been added after too though true yeah true so what do you think about that I think it's pretty crazy um. It's interesting that we mentioned that last part, though, because I've been thinking a lot of these, like, holy relics. Yeah. And how, like, uh, supposedly, like, they have supernatural properties to them, but uh, there's, like, a school of thinking that says that, like, they're only uh, mirrors, basically, and they reflect the energy that, like, people cast towards them. Yeah. So uh, you could think of it as, like, the Amityville house, right? People think it was, like, a haunted house. But in reality, it was just, like, a good mirror for whatever inner turmoil, like, the family that moved in was actually feeling, right? Yeah. Um, And we see that with, like, different uh, holy relics, like, over the years. uh, The Shroud of Turin and, like, the fucking... The goblet that they uh, say that they found. We saw that picture of the... the, What they thought was the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. Oh, and that... Yeah, yeah, and that one. Wait, what is the Shroud of Turin? It was supposedly the... uh, the blanket that Jesus was buried in during oh. the resurrection. And they said that, like, there's a, like, stain on it that looks like Jesus's face or something. And that, that's why they think it's... Well, I don't know. They did some, like, genetic testing on the blood sa- samples that they found on it, and it didn't show that it was Jesus. I don't know. Some do shit. they have Jesus's DNA on file somewhere? I'm sure they do under the Vatican. For, we got to get into the fucking uh, clear fucking, uh, what you call it, that's happening with... Um, 23 and me, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were talking about the, the weird, like, holy relics. Um, there was a story recently about a, a, another Virgin Mary statue crying in uh, Mexico. Um, church patrons in Mexico claim that they have witnessed a statue of Virgin Mary shedding real tears and appearing to be crying. Witness footage captured shows the statue named the Virgin of Dolores enc- encased in glass with a wet droplet seemingly emerging from the statue's eyes and running down her face. Uh, this occurred at a church in the town of El Chanal, uh, located in the state of Colombia. Coloma. Okay. Um, many locals believe that the statue was crying because of the violence occurring in Coloma, uh, whose capital city was ranked most violent city in the world in 2022. Uh, the region is contested by four different cartels, um, in October, the Kalumi prosecutor's office recorded 702 confirmed intentional homicides uh, up to that point that year. Uh, because of this, locals have been reportedly praying to the statue more than usual and with more intensity in an effort to receive a reprieve in the violence. Um, so that goes to what we were talking about earlier. Like, it's... It's probably just a statue, right, with no special qualities whatsoever. But if a lot of people come to it and they're like, you know, if you pray 
a certain thing to the statue, it might come true or something will happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it one of those things where like if enough people believe it comes true, it becomes true? Um, I don't know. I'm just wondering, like, how did they get the tears to come out of there? Well, so like, they, they've had, like, skeptics over the years, like, review, like, footage of these, like, crying... Because this isn't, this isn't the first time it's happened. Um, it's happened, like, a recorded, like, five or six times over the last, like, decade uh, in different parts of the world. Um, but some skeptics say that there's a more scientific explanation for this. Uh, most likely, uh, it's a hollow statue made of plastic or ceramic... Or plaster or ceramic. Okay. Um, covered on the outside with a waterproof layer. So you fill the statue with water through a hidden hole at the top. Uh, the porous material absorbs it, but the outer layer prevents it from coming out. If there's a scratch or a break in the outer layer, like let's say near the eyeball, the absorbed water would then start to leak out. Uh, in 2018, the Catholic Diocese in the New Mexico city of Las Cruces launched an investigation into a crying sculpture located there. Uh, so it was basically the same situation. There was like a, a statue of the Virgin Mary and it was leaking something out of its eyes. Um, yeah. So in that case, they did a chemical analysis of the liquid that was coming out. Yeah. And what did they find? And they revealed that it was fragrant olive oil. Like, the kind that they used for baptisms and holy ceremonies. Hmm. But none of the people there said that, like, they were all like, nobody fills a statue with oil. Like, Are that's you not sure? A, that's not a thing that Are we sure do. sure there's not, like, a secret compartment underneath that only somebody knows about? I mean, maybe. That's most likely the, the ex- most logical explanation, right? But I don't know. It, could it be a thing where, like, if enough people believe in it, it becomes true? I kind of believe that, like, in a way, um, based on, you know, that thing that we were watching about the seances where Uh, they could make something appear if, like, everybody that was in on it, like, joined hands and focused on one thing and they could, like, somehow use their, like, ectoplasm to make that thing appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would, like, the ectoplasm would, like, become the shape of whatever it was. Right. So I can kind of see that being a thing. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, everybody's, like, collective grief being directed in one spot. Mm. That could kind of make sense. Like, it's a, it's like a mirror kind of a thing. Yeah. Or it's a it's a rigged statue. One it, or the it other. It could also be both. It yeah, could it also be, be that, like, you know, the collective grief or whatever, all that energy directed towards the thing caused that crack to occur. Right, right, you right. You know what I mean? And even though they didn't put the water in it, the water was never supposed to come out, but because of that energy directed towards it causing that crack, it causes the water to leak out through the eyes. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Interesting, though. It's definitely an interesting theory, I think. Like, Yeah. I like, what was, there was another, like, relic I remember reading about that was, like, some kind of blood that, like, either separated or didn't separate or something like that. And it was, like, mm. I think it was somewhere in Italy where they had, like, this little, like, weird, like container of like i think it may be jesus's blood or something like that mm-hmm. but it was like but then i think they did a study on it and found out that it was just like um like corn syrup corn syrup yeah <laughs> yeah so you know i get skeptical but i'd like to believe that there's a you know something like that exists yeah interesting uh it's kind of like how like governments work yeah pretty as much as long as people believe in it 
it's still there. Um, <laughs> let's move on to this next story uh, about this Alabama priest who fled to Italy with a teen that he later married. Um, he's expected to be defrocked. Uh, the suspended Alabama priest uh, named Alex Crow submitted a marriage certification uh, in Mobile, Alabama that states that he is considered to be married to an 18-year-old recent high school graduate. Uh, The teen turned 18 in June. Alex is 30 years old. Uh, Alex left with the teen in late July and fled to Italy. Uh, So... On the surface, I mean, without knowing anything from the backstory, she's 18. She should be able to do whatever she wants, right? Yeah. Uh, Authorities have subpoenaed phone records to see if there's evidence of an illegal relationship that occurred before she turned 18. Um, Also, Alabama law prohibits sexual contact between a school employee and a student 19 years or younger. So employee can include volunteer, coach, counselor, etc., uh, Crow was not technically employed by the teen school, but he did sometimes visit there during theology classes. <laughs> yeah, right, ma'am. <laughs> oh, man. I got molested in the little boy's room. Okay, that's... <laughs> well, at least, um... I don't know, not, not really at least, at least anything. Yeah. Other than, uh... At least they're not in the country anymore. The church... Somebody else's problem. Well, the church announced... Somebody had to file that uh, marriage certificate, though. They must have Did they get married in Alabama, or did they get married in Italy? They they submitted the certificate in Alabama. Oh. Um, The church announced in July that Crow was no longer allowed to dress, act, or present himself as a priest. The church also reported that there's uh, there's absolutely no way... For Crow to return to priesthood. Uh, they anticipate that the Vatican would eventually laicize him. L-A-I-C-I-Z-E. Um, so I looked that up. And that means to withdraw clerical character control or status from someone or something. Or to secularize. Um, priests who were laicized are required to continue practicing celibacy. Uh, the official Catholic Church term preferred, though, is uh, loss of clerical state. So they don't want you to use any other word besides cler- loss of clerical state. Yeah, because laicized, it sounds like layman. Yeah, I think it's it's almost the same thing as defrocked. Defrocked and laicized are one is stronger than the other. I think one you're allowed to be part of the church, and I think one of them they like take your church rights away. Oh, yeah, like shunned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, he can't be a Catholic priest, but what's keeping him? He could be, like, a fucking minister for the Universal Life Church, probably. Oh, Or, like, you know. True. Some other offshoot that doesn't require you checking in with the Vatican. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, that's fucked up. It's wild that his name's Alex Crow. (laughs) That sounds like a fucking villain. You think he was, like, uh, handing her notes when she was in school? Oh, well, I don't know. Hopefully he wasn't texting her. <laughs> but but I mean it would be that like phone a is state property. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I'm saying if it's a state crime, you can't get extradited from Italy, right? It's probably why they went there. Yeah, but he's he doesn't have citizenship in Italy. I think he went there to like maybe pretend like he was going to go ask the Vatican for help or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> but can I go back? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, but what's that dude? The Roman Polanski didn't he go to Italy? Yeah, no, he went to France, but oh. he was a citizen of France. Oh, okay, never mind. So that's how he got away with it. So you can't go seeking asylum from a different country unless you're applying to be a citizen of that country. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dang. So, but they're married now. It says they're married. Do yeah. They have like an. Do they have like an Instagram profile? I wonder. I don't know. I think they said in the report that I read that they had some lawyers like talk to the girl, and she was like, "Everything's fine." So I don't think she wants to like pursue anything against a guy because she wants to still be with him. So like they could just move to another state. Yeah, but he can't be a priest anymore. Okay, I'm saying like pick another fucking like. Well, and also, then. also, if they find evidence that he was like talking to her when she was below In the school? age of 18. Yeah, that's true. Then or 19, actually. Is it 19? It's yeah. What did I read? The uh... no. Oh, 19. If they're in school, right? 19. Yeah. If they're in school and you're like a volunteer or whatever at the school. And he was only just there as like a drop in. I, that's what it said. You can't, Does it count as being a volunteer if you just go and do, like, an assembly once in a while? I don't know. Uh, yeah, why else would you go to one of those if you have no uh, no ties to that school, right? Uh, like, uh, maybe maybe to there. find uh, 17-year-old girls. To find new victims. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Alex Crow, though. I can't get over that name. It's, it's a like, bad time uh, for, uh, for sexual molesters out there. Oh, man. Is it ever? Yeah. Uh... We were just uh, wondering why there's been, like, an influx of reports of people getting accused of uh, oh, sexual yeah, harassment yeah, yeah. in, like, a, what, in, like, a court sense? Like, they're getting sued for it? Yeah. And, uh, we found out that there was, like, a thing that, like, expired, like, the day after Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, so apparently... Uh, Black Friday. There was uh, a thing called the Adult Survivors Act, mm. which um, gave adult victims a one-year window to press um, civil claims against, like, their abusers. In New York City? Yeah. Okay. So it was between um, 11, 25 of last year, mm-hmm. and, like, the last day was the 24th of this year. Okay. So that's why in the last week, all these people were, like, rushing to get their, like civil claims in before the I, the deadline i think it's like you said like we were talking about earlier like it's they had a year so most of the people probably try to settle out of court yeah whenever they got alerted that they were being sued and what they did was probably pay like the uh what do they call it? the tabloids to, oh like, yeah keep, to keep it quiet keep the story quiet while they try to figure out like a, a good like uh settlement offer and then all the ones that are coming out now are probably all the ones that, like, passed the deadline that the tabloids gave them. Like, I could hold off the story to, like, the last fucking week before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, though. Like, um... How many people, like, The so ones far? that I wrote down that I, that I like... Because I, I went through a bunch of different articles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Sean P. Diddy Combs has, oh, like, shit. three different ones. Take that, take that. Andrew Cuomo has one. Jamie Foxx. Oh, Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler? Yeah. Um, John, is it John or Steve Iacono? Is there a musician? I don't know who the fuck that is, though. Iacono or Ioki? I-A-C-O-N-O. Oh. Iacono? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's. I think he's a musician. 
uh, Axl Rose. Oh. He got one from a, something that happened in like 1989, I think. It's hilarious. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. Uh, he got one. Um, Bill Cosby got another one. No surprise there. And uh, last but not least, New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Oh, current so, New York City Mayor. Current New York City. Can you be a, an acting mayor with uh, like a, a, well, it's a civil suit, right? So you're not going to like. Oh, yeah. They're not going to go to jail for this stuff unless, I don't know how that works. Because I think that the, the, the way that they did that law was like. Just for people to get like recognition and maybe some sort of monetary compensation. What do they? I wonder what. Like, <laughs> Excuse me. I wonder what case they use as like the uh, precedent to be like, this is what you got to prove. This is the like uh, limit of what you got to prove, at least. I don't know. Like, what was the thing that precipitated that? Because it was like, it had to have been something with the Bill Cosby case because they let they started letting people go back really like a really long time like they raised yeah. the um what's it called statute of limitations statute of limitations so there either wasn't one or it was like a crazy long time yeah yeah and then i guess maybe that that window was a lot um shorter for civil suits mm-hmm. and so madeline albright gave this bill saying like okay you have this window so if you were ever molested get your get, <laughs> follow get your, your ass claim. in gear yeah, it was like a, a giant fucking, uh, what do they call those things when it's like, have you or a family member been... Oh, uh, uh, class action. Yeah, it's like a giant class action, kind of. Yeah. I wonder if they have just money put aside for that. They must, right? I don't know. I, I mean, so. but Diddy, Diddy settled one and he's got three more. You probably didn't expect those other three to come out. I know. <laughs> I know, and fucking 50 Cent on, on all social media is just like, like, everything he posts is about like, the, the different allegations that are coming out about Diddy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he said that he would uh, produce the uh, surviving Diddy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I told you this is why I didn't hang out over there and all this shit. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that's been an interesting uh, thing to watch go, go down. It's like, I feel like so many people that got accused, it was hard to even like focus on one of them. I think it's hilarious that everything that they tried to make uh, seem cool about those careers, like... Just Axel Rose, for example, like as oh a rock God. star. They're like, <laughs> oh, man, isn't it cool that you could just go anywhere, do a bunch of drugs, break shit, and then, like, you know, molest any woman you want? <laughs> yeah, one and of now the- it's like, no, no, doing drugs is weird. Yeah, you probably shouldn't break things because then people have to uh, clean it up after. Yeah, uh, that thing that you did to those women was pretty bad, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh... It actually wasn't cool. It actually wasn't cool this whole time. <laughs> we're actually going to uh, charge you for that. So, um... I don't know. Like, that, like, how do you feel about them being able to, like, change those statutes of limitations? I think in certain situations, you should not be able to do that. Obviously, something like this, where there's a purported victim... Yeah. They should be able to have a little leeway as to, like, when they report things because, you know, it's different for everybody. Yeah, I mean, and the claims were wildly, like, different, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. If, if, like, Axl Rose slapped you on the ass while you were walking by one night in 1986, that's probably one thing that I wouldn't say they can look back on and be like, well, like, you need to be charged for that. But... The other shit that he got accused of, I'd be like, yeah, maybe, maybe you, you take as long as you need to. <laughs> yeah, it was fine because a couple of them, like, I feel like 
maybe one of the accusers of Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba? Is it Cuba or Cuba? Uh, Fidel. Uh-huh. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the allegations against him was that he just like groped a breast like outside of the shirt and mm. like like maybe grabbed an ass. I could be mis misrepresenting that. They so call that the me. old Gooding Jr. But it looked like it was kind of like mild compared to the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the girls said that one of those guys like uh like fully like fingered her, and her butthole. Ooh. Yeah, like just at a club. What the fuck? Like, as, like, a greeting. He's like, you like that? He's like, no. Like, I don't even think they introduced themselves. They just went up to this girl and were like, hey. Nice they got me all excited. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, um. How much do you get for that? I think it depends. <laughs> how, ma- how many fingers? And how long At least been. two. There's a mathematical equation to, like, get the most out of it, right? Yeah, it's like how they do child support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy that, like, this shit's been happening recently. I feel like there's been, like, a weird, uh, I don't want to say, like, energy, but, like, a weird, like, feeling that's been happening, slowly building. I mean, we talked about this. We talk about it all the time, but... Lately, I don't know, things seem to be a little weird. Um, I was reading this article about how there's uh, a new type of energy particle that they discovered. Oh, new one. Yeah, that's uh, been falling to Earth, or it's going to fall to Earth soon. What? Um, so just astronomers detected this thing, uh, this type of particle, which is rare, uh, an extremely high energy particle falling to Earth that is causing confusion because it's either coming from an... Uh, it's coming from an apparently empty region of space. So what happens is when they find like evidence of these particles coming from like a certain area, mm-hmm. they can do like traje- trajectory tracing and be like, okay, so it most likely originated from this area. Um, and with the technology that we have, we do like a all right job trying to trace it back and be like, okay, well, uh, we can see evidence that like uh, something happened here or, you know, like a star crashed into like this other thing and that's what caused this like energy blast and you know what I mean? That's why it's taking this long to get to us, whatever. Yeah. Um But this one, it's coming from, they traced it and it's coming from an empty region of space. So they're like, How the fuck could an empty region of space produce something strong enough to create this wave that this particle rides all the way to Earth? Um the particle is named uh Amaturasu, which is uh, named after the sun goddess in Japanese mythology. Hmm. And it's one of the highest energy cosmic rays ever detected. Uh, These particles can only be produced from powerful cosmic events, such as the explosion of a star. Um, This one appears to have come from the local void, which is an empty area of space. (laughs) Bordering the Milky Way galaxy. So there's a spot uh, between the Milky Way galaxy and the, I think it's the Andromeda galaxy. Um, and there's just like an empty spot there. Like there, we, all the this shit that. between. Yeah, all the shit that we have to measure shit just shows that there's nothing that we can measure from there. So they, they think it's, it's just empty. So the, we're getting spots, particles from that void. We're getting part, a wave with that contains particles that was created and started from this area of space that has nothing around it. What? Yeah. So um, what are these waves doing to people? 
Well, I don't know what they're doing to people, but uh, the particle has an energy exceeding 240 exa electrovolts, uh, which is millions of times more particles that are than are produced in the Large Hadron Collider. So remember that thing that they built in, uh, what is it, Denmark or one of those places where they were like going to smash these particles together to see if they could measure like... Uh, different uh mathematical measurements from yeah, like yeah, how yeah. that happens or whatever and yeah didn't were they like, do that yeah, yeah yeah and then people were like once that turns on like we're gonna get transferred to like a different universe because it's gonna rip apart space time or whatever you think that that's what hap- is happening no i'm just saying that thing that they were scared of produces millions of times less particles than this wave is producing that's not great then well i mean it de- i guess it depends how like it gets to us and how it's distributed um so a potential candidate for this level of energy would be a supermassive black hole at the heart of another galaxy so in a supermassive black hole matter is stripped back to its subatomic structures and protons oh and protons electrons and nuclei are hurled out across the universe at nearly the speed of light um so you think of it like a uh, like a drain Mm-hmm. And water's going down it, so the water would be matter, right? Yeah. And everything gets, like, stripped back into, like, their base elements. Um, but once they pass through that drain, when they get spit out on the other side, they're going really, really, really fast. And we also don't know, like, what happens in the in-between. Yeah. Um, people think there's, like, folds in space-time where, like, uh, you can use those to, like, tra- traverse, like, long distances. Yeah. Um, so... Another explanation could be that the particle could have been accelerated by a gamma ray burst, which happens like randomly in like random parts of the universe, um, or caused by the decay of super heavy dark matter, which is like a new term that they're like tossing around there. Um, Basically, they don't know where the fuck this thing came from. So um, scientists hope that this discovery of the Amaterasu particle will pave the way further investigations that could shed light on the ultra-high energy cosmic rays and where they come from. One professor was quoted as saying, I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. Uh, one professor was quoted as saying, it could be defects in the structure of space-time colliding cosmic strings. I'm just spitballing crazy ideas that people are coming up with because there's no conventional explanation. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> So like, where is it in compa- in like comparison to Earth? Is it is is the are those particle particles already hitting like our, our atmosphere? I think yeah, I think they have to already hit our atmosphere in order for the instruments to pick up, uh, what like they that they exist in the first place. Mm. You know what I mean? Unless you can trace like something actively coming your way, but I don't know. Like maybe you can measure like the. Uh, dips in like the light or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be doing to something to like the the life on the planet, right? Like, it has to be. Maybe, but it's the. I mean, the craziest thing about it is that they have no idea where it came from. Like, they they know where it came from, but they're like, there's nothing there that it would have come from, and like something can't come from nothing, right? <laughs> Didn't that shark just have a baby, uh, a virgin birth? shark oh uh, yeah but that's like more like asexuality like chemicals in the water turning sharks gay alex jones shit yeah but i mean could that be 
looked at it on a more macro scale. Yeah, definitely. We're all going to get gay from this beam. Probably. Oh, you think it's a gay beam? It's a gay beam. Oh, shit. I mean, it sounds pretty cool. It's like a queer, though. I mean, you don't have to actually be like attracted to the same sex. It's just you're, you don't identify with the with the crowd. Yeah. It's funny that they named it after the Japanese sun goddess, though, when we were talking about I the, know. The, that shit earlier. Um, so let's well, that elegabulous bitch. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's do this last story, and then we'll run into our last segment because we're running out of time here. Um, so last story for our What's That Going On segment of the week. Is, uh, so this thing happened, and this just adds to the craziness that's been happening. But uh, I didn't even know that this was possible. Um, an Alabama woman, again, we're back in Alabama, where that priest is from. <laughs> uh, she was born with two uteruses. Uter- uteruses? Two, two uteri. Two uteri. Um, and she's pregnant in both currently. Uh, Kelsey Hatcher, 32, of Dora, Alabama, uh, is on her fourth pregnancy. She was born with two uteruses, a condition known as uterine didelphes. So I wrote down some quick number stats. Uh, 3.6 million babies were born in the U.S. in uh, 2022. Um, Out of those, about 114,000 were twins. Uh, three sets of twins are born for every 200 live births. Two of these sets are likely to be fraternal twins, which means they come from two separate fertilized eggs. Okay. Um, about one in 2,000 women are born with uterine didelphes. Um, so in order for her to become pregnant in both of her uteruses at the same time, two eggs had to be fertilized, one in each uterus. Yeah. Uh, she has two ovaries, uh, like most uh, ladies, uh, each one feeding one single uterus. So typically ovaries take turns releasing eggs. Yeah. Um, occasionally, uh, an ovary may release more than one egg during each cycle, a phenomenon known as hyperovulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to one 2006, 2006 study, about one in five women are able to hyperovulate. I could produce more eggs than you, bitch. Uh, <laughs> scientists estimate that the chances of pregnancy are a, a chance. Chances of a pregnancy like Kelsey's occurring are about one in two billion in the general population. What? Um, she was about seven times more likely to win the Powerball jackpot and about 131,000 times more likely to get hit by lightning at some point in her life. Shit. Uh, she has two distinct uh, baby bumps when she lays down, which is super fucking weird. Uh, the babies technically are twins, but they do not share a womb and can't touch each other. Uh, her current due date is Christmas 2023. Uh, she wants to have a vaginal birth, but her medical team is unsure as to whether this is possible. Uh, it's possible that one side may go into labor and the other one won't. Uh, they may need to induce labor on one side of her. Uh, and the medical team has not ruled out the possibility of C-sections for both of the pregnancies. Does she have two cervixes? Mm, no, I think she only has one cervix. And two uteruses. Two uteruses. Same yeah. baby dad? Same baby dad, yeah. Same, like, same encounter? 
Like, I wonder if they got pregnant. Like, are they at the same rate of pregnancy? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you got to check. Uh, can they check, like, gestation? Yeah, that's usually whatever. how they, they, they measure how big the babies are to check, like, to kind of not check, but to, like, determine by an average of numbers. Yeah, yeah. What the, what the gestational age is. So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, that's wild. Yeah. Damn, this bitch should play the lottery. Yeah, well, not Or anymore. she's giving birth to the Antichrist. That's what I was thinking. Maybe it was like a, a duality thing where like one is Jesus and the other one's Antichrist. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it could have to do with these fucking weird particles that are showering down on us. Oh, wow. On a daily basis. Um, that's it for what's going on. Let's play the intro one last time. I'll What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on? What's a going on up there? What is a going on? All right, that was what's a going on, and uh, we're gonna move on to our last segment. We have a couple minutes left here, so we're gonna do this quick. Uh, you guys ready for this? motion picture classics where we review uh the pieces of motion picture classics right the the things that like affected uh culture like as a whole like worldwide most impactful yeah um and again like we we could do like quick examples of like fucking what like citizen kane yeah. Uh, Casablanca, Gone with the Wind, shit Gone like that. Gone with the Wind. Um, but we decided to go with movies that uh, one of us hasn't seen <laughs> or maybe hasn't seen in like a while. Um, last week, we decided to go with the obvious classic, The Fast and the Furious. Yes. Um, and this week, we decided to go a little different route. Uh, do you want to let the people know what the movie was for this week's actual comedies, motion picture classics? Yeah, you know, I did think it was important to do something different for this one. And also equally as important. So this week we decided to review um, Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, Too Furious. A Paul Walker vehicle, uh, no pun intended. Um, Tyrese. Tyrese was in it. Yeah. Luda? Luda. Instead of Ja Rule. Get back, get back. Yeah. Oh, Ja Rule wasn't in this. He wasn't in this I one. forgot. Oh, He's in shit. California. Oh, okay. This, okay. One, this one takes place in uh, Southern Florida. Uh, the takeover of Miami. Yeah, so when we open onto Too Fast, Too Furious, um, it all opens with a car race in Miami. Yeah. And um, we see Ludacris first. Did we see Ludacris before Paul Walker? Yeah, because yeah. he caused him to come to, to the race, remember? He said, Ayo, Brian. Did I was trying to make some money? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was just trying to think of, like, what does this movie symbolize like you know what i mean because a lot of these stories kind of like follow the path of other stories Mm -hmm. that are like classic or they take pieces from it so i'm just trying to decide like the symbolism here um ludicrous is a uh he's like the race jockey he's the guy like he's the guy he puts together the races puts them together gets the money he collects the money money, and then he gives you know he's he's got a shop he's got a shop 
Um, so he represents, I think, the um, like the the magician. Oh, okay. In like a tarot deck, in yeah. like a a movie, like I feel like maybe that would be like a jester. Okay. Yeah. No, not a jester. More of like, yeah, I guess a magician or a genie kind of a role. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. You can pull off like these crazy stunts mm-hmm. for um, his his family. His you know? family? Oh, the guys. Yeah, the guys. Brian and uh, what was uh, the fuck was Tyrese's name? Uh, Tyrese's name was Roman Reigns. No, Roman Pierce. Roman Pierce. Yeah, there you go. So like, okay, so like getting more into the symbolism of this, because I think it's important. Um, So when you open on this car race, we have three racers, mm-hmm. right? There's a girl uh, who's an Asian woman. Suki. Suki. Yeah. Uh, a black, well, half, is he mixed? No, he's black. Black. Because he's got uh, the sports stuff. He's got, like, the, the jersey on. Black guy. Yeah. Um, Spanish guy. Spanish guy. And then they're waiting on a fourth. Yeah. In comes Paul Walker. The white guy. White guy. The savior. Are these the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Oh, maybe. I'm looking at, like, the color symbolism in their cars. You know, you said Paul- that about the first movie, too. Were they the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I don't know. It was maybe, I'm, cars. maybe I'm sensing a theme. Oh. Um. So. Anyway, they go on this whole race. Uh, Paul Walker wins. They um Suki makes it to second place. Mm-hmm. Um. At the end of the race, uh, Paul Walker is chased by police. Um. He's chased by the police. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then they shoot a stun gun into the car that he's driving. Yeah, like a um, an electric disabler of cars. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they uh, disarm him, bring him back to the station, and now Paul Walker is working for the Miami police, like almost immediately. But he's not a cop, though, right? He's like an undercover, like a stool pigeon, they call him. So they're doing some sort of uh, like takedown, I think. Yeah, they want to get Cole Hauser down. They want to get Cole Hauser playing, down. Playing uh, Mexican or a Colombian drug lord or some shit. And at this point, I'm feeling like he represents death. Tunnel to Towers. Tunnel to Towers. Yeah. Um. And then we have uh, Eva Mendez making an appearance. Yep. I would say that she probably plays like the Empress. Okay. In, in that situation. Yeah. Then I think we have uh, Tyrese. Mm-hmm. What character would he be representing to you? Mm, well, in what? In tarot? In, in tarot or in like classic storytelling. Like what, what, what archetype is he? Hmm. I don't know. He could fit into different ones, right? Because yeah. he went to jail for something that somebody else ratted on him for. And yeah. then as you watch the movie, you find out that he never took responsibility for his own actions. So then he goes through that growing process. Okay. And then finally, like, accepts, like, you know what? It was my fault that I went to jail. But you know what? I'm finally out, and I'm going to stay out. So I think he would be, like, the page. Mm. Maybe, like, the page of cups. Okay. That's what I'm thinking for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And then obviously we have. And our, he never betrayed anybody. No, he, he never. No, he didn't betray anybody. 
which you know that's a that's a good quality i think i think you need to keep a character like that in the movie series to keep people like invested yeah otherwise it's just like piece of shit cops against piece of shit drug dealers right exactly and then who cares Right. Who wins? Until the uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed savior, Paul Walker, comes then in. Then the blonde-haired, blue-eyed savior comes yeah. in. He beats everybody in <laughs> all is, the races. It is Nissan Skyline. In his <laughs> Nissan Skyline, he beat two American muscle cars with Hemi engines in them. <laughs> what were those guys supposed to be? Were they supposed to be, like, some sort of, like, Hispanic, Latinx, or were they Italians? The, the guys that they won the muscle they, they cars, the cars off from, of, yeah. I think they were supposed to be Italian uh, mafia guys okay. that wanted to work for... The Hispanic drug dealers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, it kind of makes it sense because it's like the changing of the guard. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, right. these guys were acting kind of like as a police force. Yeah, yeah. And now you have, like, these guys stepping in and taking that role from them. Right, exactly. So, like, a, kind of like a white knight thing again. White yeah. knight, black knight. A trans emperor. Yeah. White knight, black knight, trans emperor. Yeah. We should write that movie. I'm just going to put Martin Lawrence in it. He's yeah. going to play every role. Exactly. <laughs> um, one thing I did write down um, is the plot line so far, it seems a lot like Sons of Anarchy with cars. Yeah, yeah. You know? But no deaths, though. No one died. No one. I feel like that's debatable. In this one, nobody died. Except for that guy that got smushed by the 18-wheeler. He got smushed, but they didn't say, oh, my God, he died. I mean, he was just, like, an extra. Like, he wasn't, yeah. like, a person. True, but they would have been, like... It would have been the first death in the movie series so far. You know what I mean? No. Uh, what's his name died? Ooh. Fucking the, the ADHD oh, kid died. yeah, he got shot. He by got the, shot by the... Well, um, we don't know if he died, right? He He got shot, and he was dying... Yeah. When uh, Brian and uh, Dominic Toretto took off to go instead get of guys. calling nine one one. Yeah. Like what the? Well, because they're, they're faster. They they were faster and more furious than nine one one could ever been. Yeah. Um. Other things that I thought were really important to note about this movie. Um. One thing that's making me uh. Have weird feelings watching this mm-hmm. is every time you see Paul Walker do, go into that like hyperspeed thing mm. oh yeah it feels like this ominous like uh what is it called uh Premi- premonition foreshadowing. foreshadowing yeah yeah and it's like it's a little bit hard to watch yeah you know what i mean like it's like when you watch the crow and you know like which scene brandon uh what's his face dies in yeah, yeah like yeah. we don't know exactly which scene but we kind of know that this is what it's probably looked like yeah you know he's represented by the uh the six of chariots upside down and on fire yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> There's no six of chariots. Oh. It's just the chariot. There you go. Okay. Um, do, what other things do you think are important, like, culturally about the movie? Uh, Paul Walker's accent. Oh, he did a black accent. Did you write down the best quote in a Paul Walker movie ever? Um, so Tyrese, like, do you want me to set the stage for it? Well, he was just, Tyrese was trying to get him to, to talk about something, and he kept telling him to drop it, right? And and Paul Walker goes, I said forget about it, cuz. <laughs> I feel like that's the whole reason that you wanted to watch this movie. It was great. Didn't yeah. it make you feel good after you heard him say that? I like, felt like I could say that. Yeah, you shouldn't. And get away with it. You shouldn't. But I would never. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> but then like the next scene, the next scene where they're like uh, in with like the um, so they go to become drivers for the the mafia. Or no, the, yeah, the, the drug, drug dealer. He wants them to deliver some money to him so he can get out of the country. But potato, potato. all his, like, properties are under surveillance by the cops. Right. But, like, when they had the scene where they were all together, mm-hmm. like, in the interview process, yeah. they, like, completely look like undercover cops. They look like trope undercover cops in, yeah. like, another movie. They were wearing the stuff that the the gangster Looney Tunes wear, like, on those <laughs> former mill shirts or, like, the jean shorts and the oversized shirt. Like, Tyrese had a fucking bandana on, like, tied pristinely. Did one I've of them never... have, like, a visor, like, upside down and backwards, I think? No, oh. no, that's definitely... Um, <laughs> The Tasmanian <laughs> Devil, but <laughs> um, I noticed one important theme so far that is um, all problems are solved with car races. Mm, that's good. Yeah, um, and it's funny how um, the local police really mucked up the water during that federal investigation at the end. They kept thinking they were being double-crossed. Yeah. 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 They had to come back and do shit. And then they had to get... And then this is why I said Luda was the magician, was because he was able to turn around and get, like, everybody that was a street shark or whatever uh, to come together for the family and do a scramble. Is that what they called it? A scramble? They called it, yeah, a scramble something. Yeah. A shuffle? They went out a bunch of cars in like a warehouse and they all came out at the same time. Yeah, at the end. So like all these so they're they're in this police chasing. Um they're racing to get the money to the drug dealers. The cops are chasing them because they think something else is going on. Mm. Meanwhile, there's like helicopters chasing them because they think something other's going on. And it's just like it's like double cross after double cross. You know what I mean? I was right. so crossed up by the end of that. You're so I was crossed like, up. I didn't know who was like for who or against who. You know what I mean? You didn't know how to pronounce cuz. Cuz. <laughs> cuz. I don't even know what's going on. What happened at the end of the movie? Uh, he drove the car onto the boat. Okay. And then he beat the guy up, and then the cops came and they arrested him, and that was it. Okay. And he saved some of the money. Oh, yeah, they stuffed their pants with they the money. They stuffed their pants like, Why didn't they just keep one whole bag of it? Like, well, because the cops knew exactly how much evidence was there. Uh, oh. How many bags. Oh, So gotcha, when he gotcha. was... Remember the inside joke was that Tyrese kept stealing shit? Yeah. And he was like, I, I thought you had uh, more of this than you needed or whatever. So when they were walking away from the evidence, uh, they had given it all up. And then uh, Paul Walker was like... Uh, uh, they never checked my pockets or something like that. <laughs> no, no. Paul Walker said, what if we open a shop? And Tyree said, with what? Yeah. And um, Paul Walker was like, I ain't broke no mo. That's right. And then Tyrese was like, neither am I. And he lifted up his shirt. Well, he said something about we ain't, we ain't never going to be hungry or something like that. Exactly. Because he talked about how when he was in prison, they only served him a certain type of food. And he, that's what he missed about being on the outside so much was uh, the different types of food that you could eat. So he was like, I'm always eating because I, I never know when I could go back to prison. So I always want to, like, cherish these eating moments. So that was, like, a big message with him was, like, I never want to be hungry again. I guess that was his, like, way of saying, like, I don't ever want to go back to jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, which I mean. Poetic. It's pretty poetic. It's like the the hero's journey. That's right. You know, they do like, I feel like what these films so far, like for me are really like doing a good job of uh, taking pieces of all of the 
really important points that have been made in previous stories. Right. And, like, making, like, this beautiful mosaic of, like, different symbolism. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Wow. That's I really, deep, man. Yeah. And I really, I really appreciated Ludacris in this. Yeah, he was you good. Know? He was, he was really good. <laughs> really I, short. He, they got his afro so round, rounded off. That was CGI. That was CGI? The afro was CGI. No, yeah. no yeah, way. It was CGI. No, they picked that shit out later. No, no, it was CGI. Trust you me. You think? Nah, yeah. Um, let's do this one. That felt good. Yeah. Did you like that? Mm. I liked it. I love that gong ending. Yeah. I think I might have faded down before we got to that part on there, though. I just, I love a good gong. Yeah. Yeah. They need to add more gongs to uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah. I hope they do. Yeah. Maybe they will eventually. Uh, Anyway, well, that's been our show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, We ran a little long today. Uh, We hope you enjoyed the content. You want to say anything before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, look up the real, uh, the real, real on all these things, and it'll make you happier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for the lovely Aaron over here. And I'm thankful for all of you. Hey. And I'm especially thankful for you. Aw. All right, guys. We're going to go do stuff to each other. We'll see you guys <laughs> later. Bye. <laughs>